Hey, this is Howard Phillips, and you're listening to Video Game Bullshit. From downtown Milwaukee, this is Tim Kittra from NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, and Mutant Football League saying, you're watching Video Game Bullshit. <laughs> Kaboom! Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome to your death. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Retro Reimagined. Back on the Vintage Attack. Oh my god, the bullshit returns. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I like the idea of Retro Reimagined, Kyle, because it allows us to have that perfect 100 episodes, yet go down a new path of bullshit. Yep, we ended one, it's time to start another. And I think it was um, a perfect opportunity to, to start something new, because yeah. I, it just triggered... Ooh, triggered... Uh, <laughs> just a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, triggered me to want to uh, jump right back into NES when we uh, when you shared with me the uh, version of Castlevania 2 because this is literally a game that I played a shit ton as a kid. I could never get anywhere in it. Like I didn't know about the you know the red crystal ducking I or kneeling by the. By the cliffs, sir. I didn't know about even really the level-up system or anything. And the password system was so cumbersome. I never... Like, for a weekend rental, I kind of would just keep going back at square one. I mean, no one really did, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) There were were two things that really spearheaded, like, the intelligence of everything was, uh, obviously, Nintendo Power Volume 2. But, um... The game players' game tapes as well, because they showed you how to, you know, call the the cyclone and the password that would get you all the stuff and how to get to the end and yeah, and neither neither that I had though. Yeah, other than that, <laughs> it was just schoolyard banter and trying yeah. to figure it out. The what this game had though was the control aspect, so that you wanted to play more of it and you felt like you were on. Unlocking something, mm-hmm. but you probably wouldn't unlock much, <laughs> you know, very slowly at the very least. I, it's almost one of those games. You, this was the only. This would be like the only game that you had. Absolutely. Then maybe you would get pretty far at it, but yeah, most people were like in the dark on this, as was <laughs> I. But I love to rent it 
because of the atmosphere, the Halloween, you know, we've always loved our horror and stuff. And, you know, nowadays, like, you hit the nail on the head, like, the paralysis of choice of having million games, and it's like, back in the day, we didn't have that. I know, talking in the past on previous episodes, like, we both got into Nintendo Power after issue two, so neither of us had that issue till much later. I didn't have the game player's tapes either. So, I had rented one of them. Nice. And then it was funny because then I would go to my friend's house and show them the whole Cyclone deal, and they were just blown away. Did, did you go? It was everything from just the whole town aspect to the mansions and traversing the countryside, Transylvania. And it was just like fantastic. And I just wanted to be like live in that world so it, when i was a kid it didn't matter like how far what like what i would do i would try to go as far as i could in each direction yeah until i couldn't go anymore and then go somewhere else because um, i just enjoyed the mechanics of it and i think that's how i got actually used to the castlevania nes like control scheme yeah and then eventually that would adopt to the original castlevania Castlevania 3, because Castlevania 2 was the first one that I ever played. Really, um, Castlevania 2, Double Dragon, and Contra were the games that got me to, like, want the NES. Okay. Yeah, because, like, this is, I mean, this is the only Castlevania I have boxed for my collection now, actually. Which is great. That's a beautiful fucking cover, man. Oh, it's amazing, the whole Tom DeBoy... (laughs) <laughs> cover is amazing and it um takes off from it's partially lifted from the vanished dungeons and dragons uh ravenloft from 1983 yeah check that out people <laughs> it's a classic because a lot of artists would take inspiration from other mediums and that was kind of yes. a, a thing where they just reimagine it for their next project which we threw in with uh target renegade metal gear contra Etc. So, so like this though, Castlevania Two really is the original "quote unquote" Metroidvania. Yes, absolutely. Action adventure game where you continually progress, upgrade your weaponry. Certain things are just out of reach until you get <laughs> certain power ups to be able to get them. Absolutely. Like this is tried and true. Um, obviously, in ahead of its time, the U.S. it was a misstep because of these issues that the game had with mistranslations and um, kind of nuances thrown in, like blocks that you could fall through and just different annoyances. The trolling um, false blocks in the the mansions. Which is where our, you know, perfect version that we're going to talk about comes into play and actually gives this whole game new life. Yes. Perfects it. That's why the whole series, we're like, we can call this series Retro Reimagined because there's a lot of games that actually fit this moniker, whether it be, um, you know, like with this one, fan hacks that improves the quality of life or something like an easy way guide that, you know, 8 Steve did that shows a different way of playing a game that makes it different. Yeah, which for Friday the 13th, we're going to get to that one soon, too. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, we need to. Jason's coming. He's coming for you. Going to Camp Blood, ain't you? 
It, I think a lot of people, if this game had better translation and it had better explanation, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as hated. Also, the AVGN episode one, you know, that's how like it all started, and that's yeah. that's the thing too. I want to talk about is that for sure when anyone, I guess, I was talking to some YouTube channel dudes, whenever they like put anything Simon's Quest related on their channel, it immediately gets, like, a, a certain amount of thumbs down because since that episode, there's just certain people who, like, will always hate this game now. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that, I mean, we had an episode with James. We had an episode about James, um, AVGN. And, yeah. like, a lot of that was in over-exaggerated in jest. Like, it was comedic in nature, just accentuating the little frustrations that we had as gamers to, you know, a, a maximum amount to the point where it's like, fuck! And he actually admits he likes that game, and he admits on the Mike and James Mondays that he likes Friday the 13th as well. Exactly. So, like, and, well, the thing is, is in order to pinpoint a lot of these nuances, you have to love the game to play it that much. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's goes with the territory. Like, the passion goes both ways. Yes. You can't hate without loving. It's like a philosophical thing. Like, whatever you love, you hate in some aspect, too. Yeah, and the thing that's going to be interesting is, now that I've played this version, I'm going to have a newfound love for the original, too. And Because before this, it was, like, the best way to to get the classic nostalgia of the towns of Simon's Quest was to play Rondo of Blood on the PC Engine because you actually go through those towns. Oh, I love that, dude. Now? That was a super cool oh, treat. That's going to be so much cooler now. Like, wow. Yeah, because that part isn't in Dracula X. No. It's only in Rondo on PC Engine. And they replaced it with, like, Fireworld on Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The PC Engine CD version is ridiculous oh man it's like the graphic aesthetic in simon's quest is my favorite of all the castlevanias like the way the towns are designed the way the mansions are designed the way the countryside is that is to me like as good as it gets well also like the one thing that i noticed playing through it is the music in this game is the most iconic of the three. Yeah, that's one thing you'll never hear anyone shit on with this game. The music. <laughs> never. Ever. Because, like, the music is, like, like Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3 is good. Yeah, Wicked Child, you know. Yeah. Bloody Tears is probably the most popular Castlevania song of all time. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the most covered song. My favorite is the town music. Oh, it makes me so, like, so happy. Good. <laughs> I can just listen to it forever. It reminds me of, like, uh, Adventure of Link, how the town music's just so, like, peaceful. And and there's just something about going through the, the countryside, though, with the music playing, too. And then even when it flips and flops from night to day, it's still great. And we can't forget how the mansion music mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like Ingve J Malmsteen's uh Far Beyond the Sun listen to it about 20 25 seconds into it you'll hear it I'm pretty sure it's like a baroque progression well and then that's the thing is like a lot of the Castlevania is classic classical music and Ingve 
Yeah. Invade James Malmstein is. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love how it's Ingve J. Like we're gonna confuse him with any other Ingve. The other Ingve Malmstein, Ingve F. Malmstein, pretentious master. I love it. Ingve K. Malmstein for Ingve Kyle Malmstein. <laughs> it's not him. It's J. It's J. For <laughs> Jason Malmstein. Bitch. <laughs> Jason Voorhees Malmstein. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, actually. Shredding oh, with the, the mask on. <laughs> An ascot on mask. <laughs> oh, Ingve. Oh. <laughs> but no, he'd like they both play classical progression, so it kind of makes sense that they would have similar sounds. Yeah, the, the, but the music is just ridiculous. So good. And so it's like the graphics are gothic and classic. Yes. The music is classic. The only thing that people harp on is the frustration. And the translation of... Yeah. Like, a lot of the villagers that give you bullshit. I was reading the PDF of the manual today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It tells you a lot of the villagers will tell you, like, bullshit. Yeah, don't trust them. And that's a big thing with, like, how rumors are made, too, where you know half the truth. Yeah. And also what we were talking about... Before we even started recording, where like with the AD and D modules or um, Commodore sixty four, you almost had to have that instruction manual. Yeah. So we went into that era. This is kind of in the middle of that, and then we started progressing into an era where you everyone just threw away the instructions. But I still think this game had that in mind because it says like um, the ferryman will know exactly where to take you. Depending on the body, the body parts you possess. Mm. But the funny thing is, you had to have the heart selected. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have to have it possessed because then he wouldn't take you anywhere but the same place every time. Well, well, like talking about like the the villagers though. Yeah, it makes sense that they would give you bullshit half the time though because technically Simon is the one that they blame for the curse. So half the people are going to be like, get the hell out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to tell you the truth because they're not happy with Simon. You go back to his hometown in the game and they all tell him, like, go away. Yeah, it's a town, town six, uh, Dwina slash Fetra. Yeah, the, the theme is like, being hostile towards Simon. So someone's like, yeah. After Castlevania, I warned you not to return. Someone else says, get back. Someone else says, you've upset the people. Now get out of town. Which we were talking about. It's kind of like, that might be, you know, Simon's old stomping grounds, too. Because they recognize him. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone recognizes him. But it's interesting that that town in general... Is the most hostile. Yeah. But that's the thing, though, is that to justify the poor translation, you can think that, you know, well, maybe most of the populace kind of doesn't trust Simon coming through. Um, but there's still cryptic clues. The Castlevania 3, like, pre-story, mm-hmm. if you just let it run, like the scroll, it says, yeah, like, the Belmonts were ousted from society because they had magical powers. That's right. Even though they would be the heroes, heroines, people thought they were, like, you know, of the devil or whatever the fuck. Of course, because that's the classic like witchcraft, witchcraft <laughs> style <laughs> Transylvania stories. Was that they didn't trust anything they didn't understand, which is cool. I mean, yeah, it, it goes back to the witch trials, gothic horror, all that stuff, even and the last town, 
Town 7, Yomi slash Goulash. It's like the deserted town mm-hmm. where the one um, NPC is like, let's live here together. Yeah. It's funny, the oak stake in the instruction manual, you'll need the oak stake to collect Dracula's corpse at the mansions. <laughs> so people are like, make that argument where what's the oak stake? Well, you had to have your instruction book. <laughs> well, and so that was one thing that I I never really knew as a kid. Um, but I really liked playing it now was every time you get a piece of Dracula, it gives you an advantage as you continue. So, you know, you get one yes. of the items and then now all of a sudden you have a shield for projectiles. The first one you get, the rib, is probably the best one. I would say, to the the nail's cool because it turns your um, whip into holy water. So you can destroy the blocks. Yeah, you can go through all the blocks, which was really handy. Because then you can equip, instead of, because you can equip one of the Dracula pieces and one of the items. And so then you don't have to have the holy water equipped anymore. You can use the, the whip um, exactly. while you're going around the countryside. Because most of the, you don't have to destroy a lot of lower blocks unless you're like in a building. So then That's, you can give yourself fire. The sacred flame, which is a badass weapon. That's great advice, actually. Um, Dracula's eyeball reveals all the, um, hints to the riddles. Yes. So there's, like, 13 of these hints, and they're, like, little books Mm -hmm. throughout the game that you have to take out a block and find them, which leads into the hack that we were playing. Yeah, I mean, do you want to go into all of the, the fixes in the reimagined version that we played? Because it's, like, a multitude of hacks. Yeah, and I think the first thing as far as the riddles go, you got a clue to the riddle. It would disappear. Well, yeah, like you got the text box, but that was the only time you would see it. Yeah, it disappears. It's gone. You accidentally click off of it. It's gone. It's done. So now there's a menu screen, which perfect segue, where you can actually go through all the clues that you've gotten. Individually, you can go over it multiple times. And they've been reworded as everything has, except for very few things. And what was the name of the um, the hacker that did all the text? Because that was super important. Yeah. So let's let's start from there. So yeah. the one that we were playing, from what I gather, mm-hmm. and it's a combination of two. It may be more, but from what I know, it's there's a bisquit. It's B I S Q W I T. Mm-hmm. English retranslation hack. Yes. So it retranslates all the text, most of the text. And then it also provides an in-game map edition. Yeah, you press the select button, right? Yeah, and the original was from Nintendo Power. Um, they had a really nice drawn map, and he kind of like took that and made it as, you know, 8-bit style. Yeah, when you, when you press the select button, it's super cool because it shows your dot on where you are. And it kind of gives you an idea as you move from place to place, like, where you're at. So it actually gives you a bit of a direction that you never got. So it immerses you more into the game, actually. Yeah, it's it's not quite a level-by-level section map that I would have liked, but it's at least you can see the area, so it gives you something, which is nice. Yeah, it shows, like, the Wicked Ditch and, you know... Yeah. All the mansions, and, and then there's a save feature as well. Mm-hmm. The save feature's nice. 
and an extended menu where, as I mentioned, you can go through the clues, but you can also go through, like, all the previous whips you have. Yes! Which is like RPG, like uh, Final Fantasy VII, I would save all cloud swords. Not mm-hmm. like I would ever go back to them, but once you're at level 99, like, why not? It's cool to mess around. Yeah. <laughs> First glitch is so there is an intro to the game. Yes. Yeah, that tells you like what to do, and you know you have to use the oak stake. And Simon's like at his family's grave, mm-hmm. you know, uh, contemplating his life. And this ghostly maiden shows up and tells him, you know, you have a curse on you. It's amazing. Uh, Dracula's slowly draining your life ever since he died, and um, that's why you're like decaying. Then. After that whole clip, the game freezes up. Yeah. And you have to reset it. So that's one. See, I I would say it was almost an A+. It's an A, um, but there's a few things. That's one for sure. That's one of them. And the second one, though, when you go to the map and you leave the map, the enemies reset on the screen. Now, the blocks that you take out with the holy water, they don't reset. But the enemies do reset. So on the map, too, there's some spots where the graphics glitch, like in squares. So some of the graphical tiles weren't perfectly onsetted onto the map. So every once in a while, I would bring up the map, and they would be glitching out a little bit. So another fix with the hack, though, is that it got rid of most of the invisible blocks in mansions. Yeah, the fall-throughs. The fall-through blocks. Not all of them, because sometimes... Like, in a non-death area, they would be there, and I fell through some some blocks. I'm like, what the heck? They're not supposed to be there. Um, And then other times, I would go onto a screen, and then they disappear after I'm on the screen. Yeah, if you pause it, they're, like, flashing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, like, there was a few glitches, a few issues. There was one um, clue I couldn't get, because it just, I couldn't break through it for some reason. Um, There's one near one of the later mansions. Couldn't break through, man. Yeah, I was watching someone play. Um, he broke the stones and went downward, but then when he tried to, to get, I think it's laurels or garlic, but when he went back up, the stones were were there again, so he couldn't he couldn't get out of the the spot. So I think that um, there's multiple versions of this. Yes, and we will absolutely have the version we played on HagensAlley.com where we. 
upload the episode as well as an archive where we upload all our episodes to. Like it's that's the, where the link's going to be that was on the page so everybody can get this exact version because this version is the best that we've found. Right. And um yeah, it'll be actually on the episode in archive.org when I exactly. put it on there. Yeah. It'll be like underneath it. I'll I'll make a mention of it. But that brings me to a perfect spot. So there's another thing where Bisquit and this goes into the the other hack that this includes, mm-hmm. where um, he mentioned the day and night transition and the dialog box removal. Yes. So also, there's an annoyance fixes hack. It's on romhacking.net as well uh, by T Kempkes T K E M P K E S. It gives double hearts, the false floor elimination. And the dialogue box removal of the day and night transitions. I will say, man, getting double hearts is so nice. Like, there's really <laughs> no grinding involved. Like, I can go and grind with a very little issue. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it that you don't have to sit there. It's like it reminded me. It's it's like Final Fantasy One for the NES, where mm-hmm. it's a beautiful game. I love it, but there's so much grinding that's unnecessary. It's like, oh, I'll just fight these ogres to get gold for the next hour. But if you could increase that by two, you know, it would be a half an hour. (laughs) Well, and I think a lot of companies realize that because, like, Square, when they're re-releasing games, like on the Switch, they're re-releasing Final Fantasy VII and VIII, they have a speed-up feature. Um, Even back in the day... When Enix released Dragon Quest 1 and 2 on the Super Famicom, they halved the experience requirement. Like, they sped that up. It's interesting. So everyone's picking up on it. Yeah, so they've been doing that for a while. And, like, so so this is almost the same mentality. And it doesn't break the game. It just makes the game more enjoyable. And that's what I love about this is that all of these hacks um, put together make it like a a reimagining of Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest like the perfect way for like classic gamers like like us playing it having a a deep love for Castlevania and the and Metroidvanias quote unquote and this game now we play it perfectly it's amazing yeah and um the delay with leveling up mhm as opposed to the hex it, it just flows like you can just actually play the game through you, and very rarely you have to stop and like sit there and do the same thing over and over again which mm-hmm. if you watch a playthrough online you're going to see that or they'll cut it out and be like all right I'll see you in 10 minutes <laughs> so so now is like a, a perfect time to talk about like my quest of Simon because right. like, do it. so like, I jumped in, and I literally just like would go to the right back, and like I did back in the day. But now, because I'm leveling up appropriately, I'm not getting overwhelmed ever. Like if I die, it's because I missed time to jump or something. I think when you die, you retain half your hearts. By the way, yeah. So, and it's not a big deal when you get double hearts now. I mean, game over, die. Game over, die. Yes, yeah. but like. But it's not even that big of a deal because of the the grinding is kind of not necessary. So if I'm doing like a I want to level up grinding, I'm gonna do that and do it in an area where I know I'm not gonna die. 
and then I'll level up and get my hearts back and then continue on. Um, but it was interesting because I was just going through, got through the first mansion, no issues. Um, and with the removal of all the the blocks and things, which I'm not sure if the first mansion had that in the original. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Just like there's tons of jumps now. Which is pretty cool, I think, because it's like a platformer. It's it's awesome. So, like, that's good. But as I started to go through, like, and as things started to branch out into the maze that is Castlevania 2. Oh, yes. I just started to go. I um I mentioned this to Kyle as we would chat, like, via email. But I completely forgot that you can kneel next to the um the lakes and it goes down. Like Yuba, yes. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. So I just kept going, and I hit every nuance in the game. And that includes the whole training sequence to go from, you know, white to blue to red crystals. I got through the whip upgrades all the way, randomly stumbled upon the fire whip. Um, it was like virtue. Because you knew about the red crystal cyclone then. And because I knew about the red crystal cyclone from the Angry Video Game Nerd and Nintendo Power and everything. Because the only thing that the Yuba Lake does is unlock one mansion. Yeah, and well, there's two lakes. Yeah, later on, you there's another. And so, so my whole way got me all the way to that, all the way to the end of the game, essentially. Um, besides for obviously having the last two mansions I needed. Yeah. And it was really cool, though, because at that point, I was super high level, had the flame whip, had almost every upgrade. Oh, yeah. Overpowered fun. I missed... What did I miss? I just missed the silver knife. I got the golden knife from from death, but... Yeah, the normal knife you get at a town. Um, the silver knife you get at Camilla's Cemetery by throwing the garlic on the ground. Yeah, and... So I knew about that... Uh, because there's a clue. Which you don't need, but yeah. <laughs> but I literally did the mistake of going to the left and falling down. And apparently there's a whip glitch where if you whip, you can go back up um, at the right time. Uh, we'll go into that at the end about like speed running. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a Camilla Cemetery jump glitch. And I've seen people do like 100% runs, and they don't... I picked up an extra stake, so I had an extra stake in my thing, so I had that maxed out. Okay, yeah. I always do that, too, just to have my shit, like, complete, because I'm OCD like that. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't level up all the way. Because you can only buy one stake at a time. Yes. It actually won't let you buy another one. It'll be like, bam, bam. <laughs> I randomly went in and, and got another one. Um, but... It was really cool going back, though, and then fighting the bosses um, and, you know, fighting old Mask Child that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Um, fighting death. I've, I was able to, to glitch them pretty well, which was really cool because I was somewhat powered, but, like, using the flame. and The sacred flame is nuts. Sacred flame. Oh, my God. Yeah, that shit's badass. What's funny, though, is, like, we all see, like, the, the quote-unquote anger video game near glitch to kill dracula well i did it a different way and i still glitched him i was still able to kill him pretty easily at the end but i didn't glitch him at the beginning i, I did a little bit later i just caught him and caught him in a freaking pattern as as a uh, shinra reno from game center six caught him in a pattern <laughs> like, <laughs> i saw a cool one by bisquit his youtube channel check it out it's really amazing oh nice um he killed dracula with um garlic it took like two minutes because <laughs> you can you know you buy garlic at the towns and it kills enemies but it's not like a very strong weapon 
but you can still stun him, and he just sits there. <laughs> that was great. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so there was it was some interesting stuff. Um, I didn't know. There's one spot on the map that dead ends, and you, you get, like, some items or something, and it dead ends, and then you have to, like, go through a giant bog to get back. I didn't know that there was a um, hidden staircase there. So I was there, and it and because there's a save, I saved right before that. So I literally had to get through that bog, a giant ass lake of, you know, like I, I always call it lava, but um, the giant ass lake with like only one full bar of health and. One laurel, I think, or something. Oh, that's tough. And so I had to sit there and learn how to jump, go through as fast as possible. I I actually figured it out and made it, though. Crazy. That's what people call the trap of the game, because if you're not leveled up enough, like, oh, man. And I wasn't. And it was bad. But there's a hidden staircase. And if you do jump, like, really quickly... Mm-hmm. It won't hurt you as much. And it won't hurt you as much. And you, I barely made it with half a heart left. Now talk about the hidden staircase. Jesus. Yeah, so there's like right by that, on the right side, if you fall down, there's if you press up, like on a certain spot, you can go back up and not have to go through that bog. <laughs> I didn't know that until like later I, I read about it and I was like, oh, after I beat the game, I'm researching it. And I'm like, son of a. <laughs> oh, I was like, man, if I would have known that. And I think that was in the original, too. Like, I, I don't think that was added. Yeah, nothing... Yeah, he didn't change anything, like, map-wise. It was more just the wording and stuff like that. And I will have to say that I loved the mansions. Oh, yeah, man. It was so good, especially with the no-dropping blocks anymore. Like, there's no hidden blocks. <laughs> That's where they troll your ass. But they were a joy. Like, you just get these stronger enemies that are all have some great patterns to learn um the only enemies that were annoying were the birds that home in on you uh, later on when you get the cyclone with the red crystal yeah and other than that though like everything else like once you start to learn the different nuances learn how to use the rib to properly um you know reflect the the fireballs um, from the left of the original town, like start learning all those nuances. Like you're basically invincible. Like you can't you can't be touched. The graphics too, like the portcullises, the huge windows, and the mansions, the moats and stuff, the water. It just adds to everything and the whole feel of like medieval badass horror <laughs> i mean and we're both horror fans like slashers scary oh and we love medieval and fucking badass like action shit all of it so good and and so like playing this is the perfect version just like reinvigorated me into <laughs> this whole series i love it I, it makes me so happy because oh i always saw this with this game that so much potential. And now I'm like so happy I have it CIB and it's like, yes. It's like top oh, tier yeah. now. Because with this version it goes <laughs> top tier, man. Every time you look at it, yeah, it's like that artwork, mm, so sick. And the thing is is that with this series being retro reimagined, I remember with the original OG VGBS I was doing perlers per episode. I'm gonna have to do something cool. That very everything we cover because this is going to be like selective episodes because this is like legendary stuff we're doing i love it 
So we need to jump into some nuances. I know we were talking about the um, the mask um, boss. She's like a super like historic. Yeah, like with um, Camilla. Well, they call it Camilla Cemetery, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the um, silver knife. So it's interesting. There's the dagger, but then there's a the silver knife and this and the gold knife. This this silver knife in Camilla Cemetery. You throw the garlic, and the the stranger shows up, like the gypsy, and he or she... I always thought of it as a she. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like Saifa Belnades from Castlevania Three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She'll give you the silver knife, but there is that jump there, too, where you can uh, make the jump, which we'll talk about later. But uh, Camilla is really interesting because... There was a uh, a gothic novella published in, like, 1871. It was a serial narrative included in the Dark Blue Literary Magazine. So it was, like, every issue there would be, like, a new, like, short story. So it's kind of like how comics are today. Okay, so, like, Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was Carmilla was her name. So... There's something with... It's sometimes Camilla in Castlevania and sometimes Carmilla. This is even according to the Castlevania fandom wiki. And um, she actually predates Bram Stoker's Dracula by 25 to 26 years. Amazing. Yeah, and her thing was she would wear a mask and go to these like masquerade balls and find her victims there. And the mask would, you know, like, disguise her vampiric qualities, like her fangs, her paleness. And then she would rope the victim in, and then that's how she would, like, get her vampirism on. (laughs) Nice. So the mask comes in where there's a boss. Now what's funny is, in the Simon's Quest U.S. manual, it's vampira is the mask boss. <laughs> Vampira. Yeah, but in the actual Castlevania fandom wiki, they do mention it's Vampira, and it's just female vampire is what that means yeah. in the LaRuba mansion. But that that's supposed to be Camilla. So it's cool that there's a cemetery where sh- her body's buried, and then there's actually the mask that you have to take out you jump into the mansion and you just find the mer- the remains, the the spirit. And she gives you the cross, and in this version they call it the rosary. Yeah. They couldn't say rosary in the U.S. because it's like religious. You know, they, it was a little too much. They they didn't want to ever throw in like too many religious things. Yeah, they always got rid of that stuff. Nintendo was kind of ahead of their time actually, because nowadays it's like crazy. Back in the day, they probably could have gotten away with it, but nowadays, someone would be complaining. <laughs> <laughs> She's also in Rondo of Blood as Carmilla. She's a stage four boss. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's like the naked succubus on the skull. <laughs> and she's in Dracula X for SNES, Super Famicom, and slightly different. She's in the clock tower on that one. There's an N64, like... The early footage of the game. Mm-hmm. So she was never released in the game, but she was in the early footage, like, programming stuff. Of 
Castlevania trash. <laughs> Trashylvania. <laughs> yeah, and she also makes um, appearances in like Circle of the Moon as a uh, Camira Carmilla. Nice. She's a boss. There's a harmony of dissonance. You see the uh, the skull, the mask, Dracula X Chronicles, Castlevania Judgment, and she's even in the animated series. Which the animated series is amazing, by the way. And she, her face looks a lot like the mask in Simon's Quest. It's like got that sloped chin and the real small like nose, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as well. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, she's peeking through a window and shedding a tear of blood as Luigi's soul attempts to re-enter his body. <laughs> nice. That was on this little trailer when they announced Simon, um, and they like basically like sacrificed and murdered Luigi in the trailer. It was so brutal. Like, oh, poor Luigi. That's hilarious. Gets destroyed. <laughs> poor bastard. They they did um they do have a a Simon Belmont um. Amiibo, and they just released a Richter Belmont Amiibo, um, which is cool. But what I like is um, there was this little tchotchke figure that Kyle got me a long time ago. It was like from, it was from like the Dracula X Chronicles game release, and it's freaking Simon from Simon's Quest. That's a NECA Simon's figure, actually. It's crazy, though, but it's literally the 8-bit version from Simon's yeah. Quest, but it says like Dracula X Chronicles, but it's Simon's Quest. It's a it's a Castlevania graphics, mm-hmm. but it's Simon's Quest. <laughs> Not- yeah, like, but it's it's literally like the title card that we're using with Simon on it. That's him. That's an old school NECA product. The NECA's huge now for like Jason Voorhees and stuff. Yeah, you guys can probably track that down. It's affordable, but there's only a few, and once those get bought up, it'll be like crazy through the moon. Well, exactly, and it's, but it's like an essential. It's like one of the first 8-bit pixelated um, sprites that was released as a figure, because now it's like a thing, you know? Yeah, they got a bunch of, I mean, it's like, obviously perler beads, but um, and but now we have a few amiibos with like Mario and Link getting their 8-bit versions. You got the, um, the pops, the pop figures where they got yeah. 16 8-bit versions of those now. Exactly. And those are going for a lot, actually. Some of them. Like, Jesus Christ. There's so many of those, though. That's insane. There's also, with, with the hack, too, like, Bodley Mansion was changed to Bathory Mansion. Yes, it was. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, Kyle, it says Bathory. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Count as Bathory. <laughs> yeah, and she was known for, I guess she slayed, like, 600 maidens. They would find their corpses in her dungeon with, like, straws coming out of their body and she would use the straws to like draw their blood supposedly bathing their blood but there is um rumor where she had some type of like epileptic issue because her parents were inbred i was reading about it like you know back then it was like super common because people would just go crazy <laughs> society is way more refined now I always imagine all of that happening like in Castlevania 2 as they're playing through the mansion. <laughs> right? And <laughs> she would have epileptic fits, and it was seen that if you drank blood, that would like cure you. Nice. So I think she got into this weird trip where like she had to do it. Um, now, where this comes in is the thought that she's related to the actual Vlad the Impaler. And from the research I did, 
there's not much concrete evidence, if anything. They were, like, related through marriage. Like, maybe he was, like, her third great uncle or something. Hmm. But, again, like, everyone was related to everyone back then. That's true. <laughs> so. That's very true. <laughs> I just think that the fact that um, they were both crazy in, you know, their mercilessness that they kind of, like, coincided and everyone kind of puts them in the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brahms Mansion is now Bram's Mansion, so it was, like, originally it was B-R-A-H-M-S, and now it's B-R-A-M, like, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. Bram Stroker. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was changed as well in this edition, and that's pretty much with the factoids that I got here. It's freaking cool, though. But, yeah, like, this is, um... Definitely the definitive version that we've played thus far. Um, like you said, though, definitely an A and not an A+, plus because of things like the intro not being able to transition to the game. Yeah. And a couple of the little glitches here or there. But the um, lifestyle hacks, you know, the quality of life hacks, <laughs> um, they... Or what put it over, and even those glitches aren't that big of a deal because of the quality of life hacks. It makes some kind of like even if you take damage, it's like oh, it's not that big of a deal because it's not as essential as it used to be. Right. I still think even with this version, I didn't get the four day um, playthrough. It was like thirteen days or something when I played through it. I wanted to talk to every NPC. Mm-hmm. Me too. And see every single translation so that was exciting for me um we still have some stuff too about the speed run and mm-hmm. also with with uh, countess bathory i guess the the rumor was after the 600 maidens she ran out of like townspeople to abduct <laughs> so she's almost like one of the first like human trafficking she would have her like servants grab maidens like, she felt it made her young it kept her young to bathe in their in their blood but she got caught the idea was because she started going toward like more noble women and more women of like means yeah so she like ran out of like the little peasants that no one knew about and she started going toward the more like royalty and that's how she ultimately got caught and confined to her own castle until her death <laughs> confined didn't even kill her <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Jeez. You will stay in here, Countess Bathory. Shit's nuts. That shit is nuts. <laughs> God damn. I'm glad I wasn't alive in that time. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's our it's our ancestors, though. <laughs> Gotta have respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> a tiny beginning. <laughs> Before we go on the speedrun tips, you want to talk about the overall grade and stuff? and. Yeah, so, like, this is the reimagined version of Simon's Quest. It's, um, I would like to definitely give a shout-out to the the one who brought this upon us, this Lord Chaos. Lord Chaos here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he definitely uploaded a perfect version. I'm not sure if he's the one who hacked it all together or he just found it. Yeah, I don't know who did that. Yeah, but either way, though, like... He has a really interesting uh, version with some cool commentary, and he talks very, very low. <laughs> He's super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Got the ECW hat. EC fucking dub, baby. <laughs> he's one of us, man. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Like, he's he's one of the boys. Like, he's just a cool... 
He's a cool dude, um, brought it upon us, um, but now like has opened a can of worms that we will dig down deeply and play <laughs> multiple games along this same avenue. Gotta go wild, man. But this actually takes a game that I would give a solid C to. Yeah, it's an A. And puts it into the A tier, which is exactly what we need to do. We need to yeah. <laughs> move in C's to A's or B's. or And that's going to be um, the idea going forward with video game bullshit is that we're going to play new experiences with classic games. Because we've set all our stories, told all our pieces on history. The stuff we wanted to play, like original stuff yeah and this is a game that i know you've wanted to play but i disliked it (laughs) so this is like flawless now it's like amazing but like but like jumping into to the next games is gonna be awesome too because like jumping into you mentioned speedrunners like old 8-bit steve doing his friday 13th book and and playing it a new way it'll give us new life and growing up that game like we i think we expected friday 13th to be more like a mario yes so when jason murdered us it was like okay we just put it back on the shelf we didn't look at it as like a survival scenario exactly like if you look at it a different way it's it opens up the world and and that that would be the main thing with Castlevania 2 as well is that like over the last few years i mean i have been heavily ingrained into the Nintendo Switch at least the last two and the Nintendo Switch is a metroidvania machine i just got over playing um, a complete playthrough of Hollow Knight and Hollow Knight is a metroidvania that is hugely combat based it's amazing and so jumping from that with my, you know, my upgraded skills over the years, whatever, um, it's a breath of fresh air because of the pixel-perfect um, controls in, in Simon's Quest. It's, like, flawless. Like, jumping through, going between each square, you know, you got to go over a little bit off of the edge before you make your jump so you can make the longer jumps. Like, it's all, like, nuanced, perfect, the... The whip mechanics are perfect when you're attacking enemies. Like, I never felt like anything was a cheap shot because you could time everything flawlessly with the enemies once you learn their patterns. Um, So, like, that's just, like, upgraded skills over the years also has made this an even more of a brilliant game. And talking about the mistranslation mm-hmm. um, like a good example is Deborah Cliff with the uh, the cyclone mm-hmm. so the way that the American version was like wait for a soul where <laughs> well, the way we would see that like wait for a person but a soul in other languages was more like a spirit or a wind so the way that it was translated in the U.S., you could see where um, there was a certain department, most likely, for translation. That and there was a certain department for the playtesting. And they didn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> what Bisquit said, the English translation master said, was like, likely the left hand didn't talk to the right hand, which is pretty common with, like, corporations. Yeah. Like, big companies. Yeah. So that's where you got all that weirdness in the text. Well, and and that's just it, is that if the translators were not gamers, 
you would absolutely see that kind of stuff because they didn't care. They're just translating text. If you're a gamer, you realize, oh, there has to be a nuance to this. Does that actually pan out? No, it doesn't. Like, you don't go wait for a soul. You have to go kneel holding the red crystal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or when you talk to the, the ferryman, you have to have Dracula's heart selected in order to go to the, <laughs> the other spot. And that's a really tough part, too, because even the... Um instruction manual doesn't tell you now they say the literal translation from japanese is hold the red crystal in front of deborah cliff and wait for a wind so whoever translated that didn't give a shit (laughs) it turned into wait for a soul with the red crystal on deborah cliff (laughs) (laughs) wait for a soul like okay all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the the other weird one was like hit Deborah Cliff with your head to make a hole. That was the English translation. Huh. And um this Japanese one was open up the Deborah Cliff by headbutting and the large hole opens. A lady tells you this in Aldra, the town of Aldra. But what's interesting is there is a clue to Dracula's riddle on one of the stones in Deborah Cliff. It's not on the cliff itself. It's on, like, the stairway to it. So the whole whole part is true, which goes into the instruction manual saying the townspeople are going to tell you bullshit. Yes, they will. So it kind of, like, makes sense. It, it's like it's telling you to go there and look, but it's not telling you exactly what to do. Well, I mean, both of us got the true ending, though, where we just waited with the old lady to live a new life. So. Yes, we're gonna go. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> ABGN's like, nice place you got here. <laughs> like, now what do we do? <laughs> All right, I guess we'll just like chill here. <laughs> uh, we 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 uh we shacked up. Yeah, <laughs> the new improved reimagined version. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's a lot of girls. When you go through the game, they like want to get with Simon, and there's even a guy. It's like, take my daughter, please. <laughs> so man, he was a pimp. He could have got like, I was thinking even you could have like an RPG version where it's like, take my daughter, and then she's like a team member. Like so, you take her, and she's like Sypha or something. Oh, okay. That would be a cool hack. Like, there's one that's like, I've been waiting for a man like you, and then you like, would you like her to join your party? And then she like joins or something. And then she has like some cool little ability that would be awesome that could be a whole nother thing where in the end the more people you talk to it's like the cooler your experience with the game becomes it's kind of how they um panned out the blood-stained curse of the moon which was the quote-unquote retro bonus game that they had for the blood-stained kickstarter for the you know the big massive ecovania thing yeah, but like you literally come across three different characters and you can either kill them or they join your party and they all have their own powers and nuances and one of the the girl you come across Miriam she has is the main protagonist of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the main Bloodstained game. Oh, okay, so that's how they connect it. Cool. Yeah, so you're playing as you know, Zangetsu, who's the swordsman, he's actually, like, uh, one of the first major hurdles and bosses in Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, they are going to do DLC later where you can play as him, or they already have, um, but in Ritual of the Night. But the Curse of the Moon is the spiritual successor to the 8-bit Castlevanias. 
Um, so I would I would say it's more along the lines of a Castlevania three rather than a Castlevania two because there's no real RPG system or anything. Like Grant Cipher or Alucard, which is Dracula backwards. A lot of people still haven't realized that. <laughs> Who doesn't know that now? What the heck? Dude, I've seen so many comments. <laughs> like, I feel so stupid. I never realized that. But it's funny. Um, Cypher Belnade's Castlevania 3, to me, that's the actual ending of the game because she's a female and then Trevor or Ralph Belmondo in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> falls in love with her and that's how the lineage continues but she had to fake her female appearance because of the witch trials so she pretended like she was a guy so that's the whole thing like they always referred to her as him during the game gotcha because because she was like kind of hidden and then at the end of the game when you beat it with her she takes her hood off and her long hair like flows she's a girl so that's that's like the best um, ending in my opinion but she's super strong too she can destroy bosses like no one's business if you have the certain power of the certain like special items it's almost like having the uh, spin and slash and <laughs> ninja gaiden it's just like boom Okay, now we got speedrun tips to end it. Speedrun tips for Simon's Quest. Now, there's different endings, so the faster you finish the game, the better ending you get. The NES version screwed it all up. (laughs) They didn't connect the right text with the right endings. (laughs) It was a mess. But also, this hack that we're playing fixes that as well. The big thing a lot of people already know... Time only exists when traversing outdoors, not indoors. Yes. So if you're obviously in a mansion, but also if you're in like um, someone's house slash shop, whatever you want to call it, church, basically anywhere where it doesn't turn night to day, there's no time going on. So that's when you want to like level up like the mansions and it won't have anything to do with your time. Now, some people just want to beat the game regardless as fast as they can. You know, in-game time clocked or not, you know, just like as a recording. So, we alluded to it earlier. There's a game-breaking jump at Camilla Cemetery. Yeah, that thing is ridiculous. And that's, you actually get to where the Deborah Cliff Cyclone takes you. So you jump and whip. There's something about when you jump and whip, his the way your footing moves, you can catch that, like, extra long block. It might take you a few times. Look on YouTube. It's there. <laughs> you can definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, you just need two laurels to traverse the swamp you'll come to. Because you do come to like a pretty long swamp and you're 
Like, if you're super speedrunning, like, as far as you want to beat the game, I'm not even talking about, like, leveling up in mansions. You just want to beat the game for YouTube as fast as you can. Um, you likely won't be up in level. <laughs> so you'll at least need two laurels to get through that swamp part. So just note that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can kind of manipulate the jump there and maybe use one laurel, but the randomness of the enemy can can cause that to still give you damage, and then it's irrelevant. Yeah, so it's really up to you as far as how you want to kind of do that, but I'd say at least have two ready. And the other thing, you don't, don't get unneeded weapons. Like, you don't need the original dagger, you don't need the silver knife, you don't need the diamond... You really don't even need the Sacred Flame or the Silk Bag. The Silk Bag lets you hold um, eight laurels and eight garlic. Mm -hmm. Initially hold four of each. You don't really need that either. And you do have to go off on like a platforming nightmare section where I died a shit ton trying to get the Silk Bag. Yeah, so it's like a little journey within itself. Yeah. So And you'll get the gold knife after defeating the Grim Reaper, who's in the mansion where no time exists anyway. Uh-huh. He's really easy to defeat. And you'll get the gold knife anyway, and that takes out Dracula in no time. So to me, the gold knife is kind of like the Sacred Flame. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I would use the Sacred Flame to like spam enemies on the overworld, too, especially when you're like coming off of a screen there's an enemy on the platform like one below you some sacred flame can can kill him real quick so that way you can move on and not waste any time um that's what i use the sacred flame for to move around i'm not sure if that's worthy of a speed run or they're just like gonna jump over him but like that's how i used it because i want to kill everything kill it all and with the sacred flame like that will just chisel off probably like 30 seconds to a minute of your run because there's a little alcove you have to go into, break the blocks to get it. Yeah. So if you're really, like, you know, like, you want to get the best time ever, you could chisel probably, like, 30 to 60 seconds off. So some people have small potatoes, but to someone who's played this game 100 times and they want to, like, get the ultimate time, that would be my suggestion. You probably don't need the Sacred Flame. And the thing is, I was watching someone play, and they were throwing the gold knife around and wondering why their hearts got less. Yeah, the weapons, those weapons do take hearts off. Yeah, they do. So, just be aware of that. They're not free. Um, the holy water does not. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> it's the best, like, utility item of the game. Just as far as what it can do, because it can take out, like, the blocks. For sure. Without the holy water, you can't beat it. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's there's no way you, you wouldn't be able to get some of the upgrades. Well, and at the very end, when you go through Dracula's costume. The ruins. Yeah, and that's cool to talk about, too. So the, a lot of people don't understand that the castle's crumbled, so it's like the ruins of the castle. So don't expect, like, a castle to be there, because... I mean, you destroyed that in the first game. Yeah. Like, it's, it's literally your same character, so it's a continuation of the story. And you're just going to rid the world or the town of the curse. And what I read, too, is apparently Dracula forms because Dracula's fang was hidden in his castle. So there was, like, a sixth 
piece of the body that you didn't know about that caused Dracula to come back from the dead. So originally, the first five that you find in the mansions are just supposed to, like, take out the curse. But Dracula's fang was hidden in that crypt, and that's why he comes back to life. So, <laughs> more factoids for you. Nice. Yes. So, yeah, that's about, uh, I think that's a good, pretty, uh... Sweet summary there, huh? Absolutely, and I mean, so what do you think about this whole reimagining of going back to a classic that you spent your childhood with? Well, it was beautiful, and I was reading even about people like knocking on each other's doors trying to figure out how to jump Camilla Cemetery or what the cyclone's all about, or like we all just wanted to know so bad, and the uh, NPCs in this game and the text retranslation kind of spell most of it for you. So you can, if, if you talk to everyone, you'll know what to do. A few still give you like a little bullshit, but it's not like look into the Death Star and you will die, that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. And I mean, to me, it, like, that's what reinvigorated why we're why we're back down the bullshit river is, you know, the experiences of, you know, going through this. It's awesome. And completely gave me a new perspective on Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Which is beautiful, because that game deserves to be loved. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Plus. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!